It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Guys, are you ready for six stats that you need to know for the Browns Colts game I need a six-piece. I need a six-piece of McNuggets. Let's get it. This is a good one. I had five, and then I found one more yesterday. And, Jason, I found the pre-motion snap stats that oh, I was yeah? looking for. I asked Jason to dive deep into the athletic, and even yes. the athletic oh. guys couldn't find yeah. it, but I found it. We'll get to that I one last. Two. But first. Who, who's first in the end? I'll, I'll we'll get to it. It's yeah. the last one. We're going to start today with the six-pack of McNugget stats you need to know. Is a little homage to Amari Cooper. Did you know that Pert, NFL's next-gen stats, Amari Cooper leads the NFL in sideline receptions this year with six. Receiving <laughs> yards on sideline receptions with 158. Receptions over expected, three more than expected, and yards over expected on sideline catches at 90 yards more than the expected. His 27-yard catch against San Francisco on the sideline against the 49ers defense was the single most improbable completion of the entire 2023 season. I believe that. According to Next Gen Stats, they said he had a one-yard distance between him and the sideline, 0.8 yards of separation, and the ball traveled 40.4 yards in the air. We give Amari Cooper a lot of credit. He stepped up in the biggest games the Browns have played, but what he has done, especially on the sidelines against San Francisco and that Pittsburgh game, is better than any other receiver has done in that area of the field and this season. He should have at least 15 or 20 more yards on those sideline catches right. because if a ref could see right right in front of his face yeah. and didn't call him out, he had at least another 10 to 15 yards, and who knows? He I might have made, he might have scored. He might have made the one move that put him in the end zone. Yeah. You know, it is a, a skill or an art form, really, that we don't really talk about much. The ability to catch a ball on the sideline and keep your feet in bounds. That these guys that are not good at it. We've seen Elijah Moore a bunch of times. He's all discombobulated when he's near the sidelines. Yes. And he's not alone. A lot of wide receivers struggle being able to make the catch and drag the feet. That's actually that's, that's where I was gonna go. Yeah. I wanted to ask you as a former player, what's more difficult you think for a receiver? A sideline catch or going over the middle in traffic, knowing you're gonna get hit? Um sideline catch because now <clears throat> they've eliminated most of the stuff over the middle before they used to just you know, yeah, you can't tee off on a guy. The face. Yeah. You're still going to get hit, but on the sideline, you not only got it, it's a it's like a feel. Like you can't look at your feet. You just have to feel what a sideline is, yeah. and it's like a sixth sense type thing. And you have to worry about catching the ball and catching it going to the ground, so there's no bobble in it, and you fall out of bounds. And usually, you don't have an arm to brace yourself. So that's it's much more. It, it's just tough on the sideline. And there, you. It seems to me that guys used to be better at it. They're used in my memory. There used to be a lot of guys could do that, but now there's a lot of guys that and you you bring it up. Yeah, a lot of guys now can't do that, and it seems like that sh- should be one of the necessary tools. I think a part of the problem this wouldn't explain why it was better before, but the fact in college you only need one. So these guys, yeah. their whole life are yeah. used to getting one down. But it was that but way that's before. Been that's was, why I'm it saying was that way yeah. before. I just I, I can't understand it. But <clears throat> man, in on those late '80s, early '90s Browns teams. They had four or five tap dancers. I mean, they were constantly Langhorn making toast. Langhorn was really good. Langhorn was one of the best. Bernie yeah. talked about that yesterday. But they had a lot of guys that could go up and make the catch and get those the toes toe tapped tap. in. Yep. 
And you, Maybe it's, it's just the Browns besides Cooper well, that are not as good as it well, as he used to be. Athletes but, are better. The corners, corners. You, I, I'm not gonna say like you know there were no great corners back in the day, but nowadays, if you got great receivers, you have corners who have been practicing these same routes. You know they they they're man to man coverage. And they make it difficult sometimes, especially yeah. the way that they sneak you in hand fight, which you right, know, right. pull you and grab That's you true. and bump you. And, and, and all it takes is that little split second, and all of a sudden it's a blade of grass. Was it Santonio Holmes? Oh, he was crazy. Oh, my yeah. God. That's well, one of the crazy. greatest you'll well, ever think see. About, I think yeah. Marvin Harrison, he, we showed that catch he made last year where it looked yeah. like he was con- a contortionist. Yeah. He's going to be the next great, I think, in the NFL yeah. at that. Well, think about it. If you're mostly watching the Browns this year, you're not going to see a lot of those great sideline catches. A, the only one good at it on the Browns is Amari Cooper. And B, the Browns defensive backs have been so good, they're not giving up a lot of those no, on not. that end. So yeah. we're not That's seeing them much in the Browns segue. games. To the second nugget here. Yeah, right. here we go. G, you said man-to-man coverage. Bull, you mentioned the cornerbacks. Well, how about this? It has officially been the no-fly zone for the Browns secondary this season. Through five games for the Browns, they're playing the sixth highest rate of man coverage in the NFL. Actually, this thought year, that'd 63%. Be higher. I thought it'd be. They I thought first. their rank would be higher. Yeah. They are first in opponent QBR, a 7.5 opponent QBR. That's nuts. In the 63% of snaps against Browns and man coverage. Their opponent quarterback's completion percentage first in the NFL at just 44%. And their average, this is not yards per completion. This is yards per attempt. The NFL average in yards per attempt is 8.9 yards per attempt this season. Against the Browns in man to man coverage. Opposing quarterbacks are averaging 4.4 yards per that, attempt. That, those, that's like Tim Tebow playing quarterback, basically. They are doing... Got to get that Tebow shot in. Uh, I, I can't pick up Baker all the time. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that's funny. He's got to spread the hate. Yeah, we'll spread that love. Uh, um, McNuggets, it's funny you brought this up. I was up late last night. Um, it was like 3 in the morning. And I was just looking over just random stuff. And I came across this film work of what the Cleveland Browns was doing against the 49ers. And this dude really, I'm not going to take credit for it. He really was breaking it down. And he said, um, the Browns are running, you know, all this man-to-man coverage. But why, why does it seem like these teams, it's hard to run man coverage and not have breaks. So what the Cleveland Browns are doing <clears throat> is they're making all of their corners play outside leverage. So basically what they're saying is I'm taking the, all the deep outs, all the deep comebacks, all that stuff away, away from you you're going to have to run routes over the middle. And he said, well, teams like running routes over the middle. But the point is, and, and the difficult thing now is, the Browns are running that, but they're putting their safety, Juan Thornhill, in what is a robber technique, where if you catch the ball, they're inviting you to catch it over the middle. They have a linebacker in robber coverage, and they also have a safety in robber coverage. So even if he catches the ball, he's going to have to catch it in traffic, and he's going to get tackled immediately. And they can do that because they're rushing four guys and they're getting pressure. And Miles Garrett is getting back there in like two seconds. And when you play outside leverage, you give yourself extra defenders. The yep. sideline is a defender. Yep. So you really, you're taking away a lot of the passing lanes. And not everybody can do it. I'm sure a lot of teams are looking at what the Browns are doing and saying, we'd love to do that. We don't have the skill set. But when you've got the skill cover corner, that can lock the guy down. Mm-hmm. You can force him to the outside. Use the edges as an extra defender. And to your point, catch it over the middle. But you're not getting much when you do. Yeah, they're, they're already in the passing lanes. And that's why you saw <clears throat> MJ Emerson get that interception. He was playing outside coverage. Um, and Miles Garrett just forced the throw and it was late in his timing. But it, it looks as if when you pause it, it looks like, whoa, whoa. He, uh, he's open. He's open. Uh, throw the slant. 
but they have a linebacker. They have linebackers and safeties that are standing right there waiting to jump that route. And it's just, it makes it very difficult because it takes half your routes away. Mike, are the teams that are second in those categories even close to the Browns? In No, no. I didn't not, think so. I mean, well, hell, no. their 4.4 yards per attempt is, that's half of the league average. Well, yeah. no, not. In, pro- in man coverage. Oh, no, is that, it? That's, yes. the league, that's just the league average in yards. I'm not sure if that's men's. I thought you said it was eight point. The, the that is, league that is the, oh, that's against all coverage. That's just his all quarterback coverage. throw. Right. So when, when they go man, it's, you're cutting that in half. You're yes. at 4.4. Yes. That's still impressive as hell. Oh, it's incredible. It's, it's it's all those numbers itself. against man coverage are ridiculous. I'm, I'm, I've gun to my head. I would have guessed that the Browns lead the league in man coverage. I would have said they're top two I or three. I can't believe they're six. I'm, who, who's yeah, playing but the more difference man? between first and six could Detroit, be like one percent. Right. You know, the number one percent is sixty-seven percent. So and it's what like, are the Browns? So Sixty-three. Sixty-three. So it's and it's, it's minimal. It's pretty who close. Is, but who is leading in uh, man Detroit's cover? up. I have to pull up that. Hold on. I would think That's Detroit right. would be ahead of them. Detroit's up there. Let me get through the rest of this. I got to okay, yeah, dig yeah. back through yeah, it. But, uh, they're, they're let not. me ask you this real quick. Yes. Uh, G, let me ask you this. When you when a team has third and long, is the defense more likely to play zone in a third and very long situation? Yes, because um, <clears throat> if you play a man in co- man coverage, there's three or four ways you could give them automatic first down. Right. And so if it's third and 12, you want more guys that can be back there. You just want to make the tackle get off the field. So, yeah, I would assume yeah. on third down you're playing. So, I wonder home. if, I mean, who knows, but I wonder if the reason the Browns are six instead of one, which is not really a big deal. Because they've had third and is long. because maybe teams yeah. have had a lot of long situations. So, you'd go more to zone. So, you're playing. It's that's possible. why you play, you know. Yeah, it's, it's entirely possible. Dallas is number one, by the way. All right. At 67%. So, very minimal yeah. difference. The next stat you have to know is really two stats tied into one player. It's Gardner Minshew, who is starting at quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. And I'm going to set this up to bring to the big point here. Gardner Minshew has been a productive quarterback in the NFL. His career touchdown to interception ratio is 47 to 18. That's 2.6, which is right on pace with Deshaun Watson, who has a 2.67. They're essentially the same in terms of touchdowns to interception ratio. That's not a shot at Watson. That's a kudos to Gardner no, Minshew. No, that's a great ratio. For having a very good touchdown to interception ratio. As a starter... He's not nearly as good as he has been in his career in relief appearances. Dating back for two seasons, he's 2-0 when he comes off the bench. He's 2-10 as a starter. Here's the issue, and this is where the Colts are going to get in trouble. Last week against Jacksonville, Gardner threw three interceptions. Right. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All three came under heavy pressure. The Browns had the fifth highest pressure rate in the NFL at 28.1%. Gardner Minshew has the single lowest PFF grade against pressure this season, a 23.1 grade. That is 57 points on the dot, lower than his PFF grade in a clean pocket. Now, PFF grades I would say that's unfair, Mike. He's only played one game, though, right? He's played in all six games this season. Yeah, he's played in everything. He played in every game this season. 
Here's what you have to know, though. More than just a PFF grade. Right. PFF tracks turnover-worthy throws. So throws into yeah. coverage. Throws that could have been picked off that didn't. Which is a very, very valuable He hasn't pass. played all six. He's played He's played quarterback in four. He's, he played all, he's thrown a pass in all six games. No, he hasn't. Yes, he has. He came in the first game. I know Richardson got hurt in the first game. Yes. So it, he did come in and release. He, in the first game, he, played, he threw two passes. And so in the fourth so game, he, he didn't throw any. Yeah. I said he threw a pass in every game this season. But he didn't throw any against the Rams. Boy, you're, you're arguing literally nothing right now. Let me finish this. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. You're <laughs> stating a fact that's incorrect. <laughs> you're arguing nothing right now. I was like, yeah, that doesn't really count. The mar- here's, <clears throat> here's what's important, though. Yeah. Gardner Minshew, no matter who he's played this, is this season, 12.7% of his passes under pressure have been considered turnover worthy. It's wow. the highest rate in the NFL. That's awful. Overall, his overall rating is a 6.7 turnover throw Jeez. ratio, which is also first in the NFL. If you can get to Gardner Minshew, he's going to give you opportunities to create turnovers. We have spoken all week long about how this Browns defense, as good as it's been, the one area they have not been elite in is creating mm. turnovers. So get No them, one's going to give them potentially more gifts than Gardner Minshew. And I don't want to steal Jason's headline because I know what it is, but Jason, I have it in my notes, and I'll let Anthony confirm. Do I not have exactly what Jason has on his headline? Yeah. I was kind I didn't have the numbers to back it up, but I kind of was going along the lines of what you just showed us with Minshew's numbers. Although the more terrifying part to me is PJ Walker's PFF grade last week was basically Minshew's under pressure. Yeah. Right? Like 23, 24, somewhere in there. That's mildly terrifying. So hopefully Deshaun. A buddy of mine who's not a Browns fan texted me because he said, is this a dub for you guys this week? I said, yeah. He goes, yeah, I've been reading a little bit of Cleveland media. (laughs) You guys are awfully cocky with the guy who damn near threw the ball. I said, I know, I know, I know. It's not, you know, but it was against a good team. But I I do think I'll give away the little bit of headline. I do think the Browns are going to win this game. But, man, we're just looking at the Colts like, ah. I know. I and know. they beat Baltimore it's, in Baltimore it's, 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 with Gardner Minshew. <laughs> yeah, like, this is not This uh, is not by any means no, is this a layup. But uh, I do I, think they win the game. I think we're giving and them credit. And they beat a decent Houston team also. Mm-hmm. I'm, we're giving them credit for <clears throat> we're giving them credit for the defense, not the offense. Like the defense is why we feel confident. Yeah, but we I mean, had that defense against Pittsburgh and Baltimore too, and that didn't work out. Well, I mean, Pittsburgh, I, I like the defense against Pittsburgh. I did too. Like they, what I'm saying is, the offense has to do something. Yeah, they got to do something. Like, of course, the Browns they, can lose this game. Yeah, yeah. Anybody can lose any game. <laughs> of course, you're kidding. But any yeah, given Sunday. But the re- the reason I think fans are a little little, I wouldn't even say arrogant. I would say confident is because when you look at like this defense and look at what we're playing against, the thing that travels is, hey, are you going to play hard? If the Browns play hard and the Browns play physical. Their talent, you can't, I mean, they can't do anything with Miles Garrett. You just, you just can't, right? So, I just saw Miles Garrett throw Trent Williams around like he was like a kid. If Miles Garrett comes out and, and, and plays at that same energy level and effort, I think the Browns have a massive advantage. Now, the offense has to not turn the ball over and get some points, but I don't see a problem with saying that they, they should no. beat the Colts. No fan base is not going to be cocky after the team beats the 49ers. The 49ers are the best team in football. The Browns with a non-NFL quarterback beat them. So, of course, you're going to be cocky. Yeah, I don't I don't like cocky with P.J. Walker as the quarterback. I, 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 can, I can be confident. Yeah. Cocky is we've got this. I'm proud from that. Browns should be cocky there, about anything. <laughs> is there anybody? I don't think any team should be cocky. Here's the worst part about this. this. It's been win, lose, 
Win, yeah. lose, win. Yeah. Is, has, will anybody yeah. be shocked if the Colts win the game? I'm no. not going to be shocked. No. If the not going to be shocked at all. No. I don't think any no. fans would be and, shocked and if the Colts to win. To me, the game. cocky is we've got this. Yeah. I don't and, think and people feel that way. I don't I think. Don't I've, I've heard a lot of folks. But who that, cares? That's, that's what they're saying. That's you know, what fans do whenever, yeah, for every team. I know. Yep, but you got to be careful. And then if the Browns lose, everybody will say they're going to suck against Seattle. We're all prisoners of the moment. We're such a. And I think at some point we're going to realize that we're a. Win loss, win loss, win loss, win loss. I like at the, if you do that, you're nine and eight. Yeah, you got to string them together, and there is no better time, and really probably no better opportunity than right now. That's why I said it's a must win. You people, did. People looked at me like I was crazy. I'm because like, there's no must wins when you're three and two. You got to string them together, and it's no better time to start than you now. You better get them against teams you're supposed to get them against, because if you don't. Then you have to find a way to come up with wins against teams you're not supposed to be. And well, they're already they've already won two games where they were were an underdog, and the, but they they lost at Pittsburgh. They were a favorite. Yes, and I'm guessing they were a favorite against the Ravens because that game. No, was they hard. weren't because Watson didn't play. Yeah, you're right. It was, they were like the a Ravens minus game. one and a half. It was essentially a pick 'em. Yeah, what it game was, was minus yeah. one and a half? The Ravens, the Ravens before Watson, and then when Watson went out, the yeah. Ravens became favorites. Obviously. Also, Bull, I would like to apologize. Bull was right. Thank I was you. wrong. Uh, the ESPN game log showed he played five games. In my head, they had only played five games. I oh, I see. India played yeah, yeah, six. Yeah. So, Bull, it's all right, but you were actually. I would like to apologize. How many were, passes has he thrown this year? That that will tell about us about a hundred. He has 138 attempts, so it's okay. a big enough so, sample yeah, that's a good you are, Your general him. point was correct that he's played enough. Yeah, we can judge yeah. him. That's but, fine. my bad. Listen, I'll admit. It's not your bad. What's your next, I, I what's your pushed, next I should not have stuck on that topic. Even though I was factually correct, it was unnecessary, so. All right, well, we just gave a couple of great mm. stats to the Browns. This one, not so great. Mm. Something we have all noticed, and when you see the numbers, it kind of hurts even more. But the Browns are dead last this season in yards after catch as a team. As a team, they have 430 yards after catch. Second last in the NFL is Tampa Bay with 478. Wow. So Does Tyreek Hill? Have, I, I have yeah. that number for you, Bull. Okay, yeah, I like it. First in the NFL is Miami with 970. <laughs> the Browns are dead last with 430. Tyreek Hill by himself. The Browns have 430 as a team. Tyreek Hill has 323 <laughs> by himself. Mike, you're in my no brain. No single I love Browns it. player is averaging more than four yards per catch after reception or yards after catch that have actually played. David Bell has a, a 5.0 on the dot, but he has like three catches, so I didn't count him. Yeah. Cooper, 2.8. Yak, Moore, 3.1. DPJ, 3.3. Essentially, the Browns catch the ball, the Browns get tackled, end of play. That's an issue. There's a lot of reasons for that that go into that, right? Guys are not super fast. (laughs) Guys are not wide open. They're not running free. Uh, some Some of it is the quarterback not hitting guys in the right spot. He had a chance, Deshaun did, to give Marquise Goodwin a lot of yards after catch on two throws, and he missed. This has been a problem for the Browns for a long time. It has. And a lot of it's been quarterback-related, and some of it's been, and a lot of it's been wide receiver-related. I think, related. though, Jace, what are you thinking, G? I think it's more on the wide receivers than the quarterback. Combo. I need separate. Well, it's, obviously, it's both, but if I'm going to point fingers, I know the quarterback play has been lousy, but my God. You've got to get separation. But, Jay, think you about think it. You think that once – I mean, if, if a guy gets one long catch and run, yeah. that changes all of that. We we don't have that potential. But, Jay, think about this for a second. If you're – if a guy's cutting across the middle 
and the quarterback's throwing him a pass. Yeah. And he's got just a half a step on that defensive back. Well, if you hit him in stride, that might be 10, 15, 20. Sure. If, if he has to go back just a bit, Tackled that right could away. be the difference between 50 yards after the catch and zero. No, but so what if you put these wide receivers with Tua? I'm not going to say Patrick Mahomes because he throws guys open and he's just a better quarterback. But this group with Tua, what are, what are the numbers look like? I, I don't think it's any different than what it is. The, Dol- uh, I don't the Dolphins, it's the receivers. It's not the quarterback. I don't I, think it's, it's any different at all? No. Come on. No. I, I don't well, either. Tua versus last Deshaun? Week, Jay, Jason no, 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 but Deshaun hasn't played the last two games. What did you well, say, Mike? We did a stat last week about quarterback yak in terms of Brock Purdy, and he, Tua... And ironically, Kenny Pickett, because of the 71-yard catch against right. the Browns, were 1-2-3 and three in quarterback yards after catch. So I think there is a little more quarterback initiative in, in what there definitely. I think that the, I think it's it's speed with the receivers. I agree. The ability to I run agree. away from guys. That's what it shows. So these guys Separation and then runaway speed. I, I, when you watch it on film, I just keep going back to it because the only thing I can do is just say, okay, well, look, I'm watching what you're doing. When you watch Amari Cooper, he's not fast. But what Amari Cooper is... He's an elite guy off the line of scrimmage. Route runner. Stem routes, uh, his stutter steps, whether he can cross over, get outside, do what he needs to do. He made three people fall. Completely fell just by moving around and shaking them off the line of scrimmage. He broke two ankles. When you see DPJ, he does not run good routes. I mean, he does. he's not sudden. You have to be sudden and, and twitchy to, to be able to get off the line of scrimmage. He does not have vertical deep speed like that. And he's really not a guy that's going to be a, a high point guy that's going to go up and be six four and go up over somebody and catch the ball in, in, in the red zone. He's just a regular receiver. Elijah Moore is a short target, a small target. You know, you got to put the ball directly on him. We saw times where Deshaun Watson threw him the ball and, and Elijah Moore could not get his feet in right. because he doesn't have a big catch radius. So when you take in consideration those two things, they just don't have uh, no no disrespect, but the Jets, they there's a reason why they was like, oh, we ain't giving you no money. <laughs> we 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 got a crystal. We, we got uh, Gary Wilson over here. What are you talking about? That's real. By the way, let me give you some some of the wide receivers who are in the top ten in yards after catch that are not speed burners. One of them, Adam Thielen, is top ten yards after catch. I don't think speed is the. I mean, speed's a well, factor, but. I, I, think think speed. I, I, no, I think it is speed. Speed can it. help guys be there. Separation. But also, if you're a great route runner, you, you create space. I, and you're making your own space, it doesn't take much. And you don't have to be a world-class sprinter. You just have to be one-tenth, not, but, not one-tenth slower than the I said, CB chasing but you. But that's why a, where the quarterback puts the ball is a huge difference. Yes. Of course, of, of course. course. Yeah. It yeah. is. But, but, but Keenan Allen, not a speed burner Keenan, at no. all. Keenan Allen is a supreme a route great runner, route runner. And he has a big Evan body. Ingram is top yeah. 10 in yards after the catch. Evan, Evan Ingram is going against linebackers. He's yeah. a tight end. Big and help. he's athletic. Well, he's the only tight end on the list. Can I so read some like, of the other names on the list? Well, it's the other names I'm, are the guys you'd Our expect. Speed, right. Tyreek Hill's number one. Jamar Chase is number two. Right. I think you can always find the anomaly, and, and maybe there's an explanation for it. But by and large, to me, the biggest factor is speed and being able to run away from guys. Right. How many times do we see the Browns get caught from behind? All the time. It, all every the time. time. When yeah. they catch one and they're on their way to the end zone, I know they're going to get caught. How many they're team, not going all the way to the How house. many teams have gotten worse quarterback play than the Browns so far this year? Not many. Not many. No, where are they? 30th? I think we, we run that. 30th and what? 30th and off yeah. and passing yards. All right, game. Um, we got to do super chat. We got right? two more real oh, quick. We're going to run through these stats real, real quick. Then we got super chats. 
we have crushed Jed Wills a lot in the show. When he does well, we got to give him a little credit. So how about the Browns continue to run it behind Wills? His 78.1 run block rate against San Francisco is highest of the season by 21 points. They wow. had 10 attempts rushing against San Francisco to the left side around Jed Wills, either to his left or his right. 10 carries, 62 yards, and a touchdown by far their most productive area of run against the 49ers. Of those 10 carries, four first downs, three of them went for 10 or more yards. Jacksonville versus Indy last week, attacking the left tackle or running behind their own left tackle was also their most productive area of running against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, against the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Best play of the season for DeJuan, or for, for uh, your boy, Jedrick Wills. On that play, when Kareem Hunt scored, yeah. you should go back and watch that. He the was effort. hauling tail. Yes, he was. Up, getting upfield with effort so in the third or fourth level. And DPJ as well. Just D watching D it live, that felt like Will's best game of the year. Yep, By the I way, agree. he's I still agree. 58th in, in run block grade PFF and 64th in pass grade. So he's got a well, little I mean, well, that's like your Blutarski, though, and you get a B on a test. Well, you know, <laughs> you're still going to be a 0 0.10. Right. Bull you, just poured that cold water all <laughs> over his hot yeah, meal. I mean, no, by no means are we saying he's arrived. Right. What we're saying, he played his best game of the year. When yeah. I was watching right. the game, even before I saw the grades, what popped into my mind was, okay, his pride's finally kicked in. Yep. He has gotten killed yeah. by yeah. everybody, yeah. local and yeah. national. It's yeah. not just local. Yeah. I've seen some national shows take pot shots at him. Maybe the man's pride just kicked in. He said, all right, enough of this. I hope I, so. My family name is on the back of my jersey. I am not going to be getting disrespected and talked about because if you talk about me, you talk about my whole family. That's right. Wear it with pride, bro. Real quick, Mike, did you say the Colts' best run was behind their left tackle last the week? The Jaguars' best runs against Indy last week was also behind their left tackle. All right, never mind. So I would expect them never to mind. do it again. It doesn't apply to and Indy's yeah. two defensive ends. Who switched? They don't line up either side. They both have sub 50 tackling grades. Last stat you have to know, and this is more big picture. It doesn't seem to me, watching the Browns, that they use a ton of pre snap motion. And it turns out the stats actually back it up. They are 17th in the league in using any kind of motion pre snap. 47.3% of their snaps, they use some sort of motion. However, they only use motion at the snap. A guy in motion when the ball is hiked on 13.3% of snaps, that is 27th in the league. Snaps, especially with a young quarterback or an unproven guy like uh, P.J. Walker, could open or lead to some easier throws, easier reads because it makes a defense move. And there's always outliers, but for context, listen to the top teams in the league that use the most motion. Miami, 81% of the time. San Francisco, 78% of the time. The Chiefs. 69% of the, the time, the Rams 65, and the Lions 63. Four wow. of the top five offenses in football this year, it, depending on the metric, but of the most efficient offenses, according to EPA, are teams that use a heavy, heavy, heavy dose of motion. And I would love to see Kevin Stefanski, even whoever's at quarterback, Watson, Walker, or DTR, start implementing some more. Especially with Watson defense. back. You know, I'd be curious should, to see. There should be more. I'd be curious to see how that compares to previous years because I felt like in the past there was a lot of pre-snap. You're right. 2020, it was a bunch of yeah. pre-snap motion, especially with the tight ends. I thought that year they went to the playoffs, they used motion as creative as any team in the league, moving pieces and parts. It looked like they've got away from him a little bit, but he, he was previously doing some of those yes. things back then. Absolutely. All right, so get back to it. So right. we will do... We, we solved that problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, more, more motion. I think everyone wins. I got to read Super Chats, and then we got to get ready for our TV. But if you ever find yourself in an emergency situation and need it, 
emergency antibiotics, jacemedical.com is the place to go. The Jace case has dozens of add-on medication options that best fit you and your family's unique needs. Head over to jacemedical.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code LOCKEDON at jacemedical.com. Guys, we're heading over to TV in four minutes. I'm going to fly through some super chats here. The first one comes from Skilly, who also gifted 10 memberships. So shout out to Skilly. Shout out to Skilly. He says, I love your shirt, Jason. Any chance we're getting an updated UCSS shirt? I was looking to pick that one up the other day. Noticed that two of the guys were on it. it. We're working on it. Brody's bottom line said, would you try to play PJ and DTR? You can buy this one for me for (laughs) (laughs) $1.99. Like the Saints do with Derek Carr and Taysom Hill. Uh, I do not imagine a two-quarterback system if Deshaun can't play. Uh, Tay the Goat says turtleneck on Friday is insane. Yeah, I like yep, the turtleneck uh-huh, look. I, I uh-huh. like the look. Thanks, bro. Do it for Chubb says G dressed up like the host. G dressed <laughs> up like he's ready to host. I'm going to change the words here to make this make sense. G dressed up like he's ready to host. Now that's what I call R&B compilation CD commercials. <laughs> uh, Aaron Barner said post game show I like and that. have been hooked. I we appreciate you, that. Eric. And also the uh, defense Schwartz can stop. Henry and CMC, we can stop anybody. Daryl says the Browns dominate 27-10. Unfortunately, our defense is so good. Schwartz will be highly touted as a head coach next season. Kool-Aid Mafia in the building. Love you guys. Yes, sir. From Daryl. Clee J440 says Tyrod Taylor plus this defense wins the Super Bowl. <laughs> that's, that's a stretch. Maybe we'll talk about that, that next week. That I had to wake stretch. up. Hold on. That just, yeah. that just inspired a topic for next week. I <laughs> appreciate right. that. All right. Clee J440. Roberto El Presidente says, shout out to the Dapper Twins, DKA, G Silk Bush, and J Cashmere Crawford. Looking good, fellas. Uh, Set Apart Lads says, can you guys dual broadcast WKYC on YouTube? Uh, nope, you got to go watch on WKYC for now. That's it. I'm wearing a tux uh, Ray next Smith, Friday. Ray Smith, let's have a great live show. Two more real quick. Michael Rivovich says, gee, I sent a follow-up email on our conversation yesterday. Looking forward to discussing it more. And Vernal Jackson says, I'm Garrett Bush, and these are the temptations. <laughs> By the way, guys. We need, we need some dance moves. Some syn- synchronized dance moves. Uh, the, the Colts have two starting offensive linemen that did not practice today. Yeah. All right. And that might make running both. One off. of them says a brain injury. Oh, it doesn't say concussion. It says brain injury. You know, how in the parentheses, it'll say neck or leg or knee or whatever. It says brain. I've never heard that. Before. Also from Jake. Tri- I, I, I've seen players before that look like they should be listed. Yes, as brain injury. Right. Yes, that's true. Uh, also, Jake Trotter of ESPN says that in the media portion of practice, again, that's only a small part of practice, yeah. Deshaun Watson took all the first-team reps. Ooh, trending that way. Wow, it is trending that way. We'll talk right. about it on TV. Yeah, we're headed over to Channel 3. You can watch us on WKYC.com, the WKYC Plus app, or here in Cleveland on Channel 3. Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. We're here every Friday, 1230 to 1 o'clock on WKYC. I'm Jay Crawford. We're going to hear from Bernie Kozar on how the Browns can avoid a trap game. Bull. Jay, I'm Adam the Bull, and we've got breaking news on Deshaun Watson potentially playing this week. Gee. 
and I'm G. Bush, leader of the Kool-Aid Mafia, and I'm going to tell you why Deshaun Watson could be back in more than one way. Jason? I'm Jason Lloyd. I'm going to tell you why I got my good eye on Greg Newsom <laughs> on Sunday. You have a bad eye? I can't hardly see on my mm. left eye. Okay. Mikey? Jason has two bad eyes. I'm Mikey McNuggets, and I'm here to tell you guys that Deshaun Watson needs a right shoulder. I don't use mine, Deshaun. You can take it. We need you on the field. We'll see you soon, buddy. Well, he's going to need to throw more than 15 yards downfield, so that's yeah. not going to work either. Your right shoulder, your shoulder couldn't even beat me in an arm wrestle, so come on. He doesn't need that. <laughs> My right shoulder's healthy right now. <laughs> All right. That might not be the case for QB1. Well, that is the question. It, it's been the question really for a couple of weeks now. How healthy is yeah. Deshaun Watson? Since the injury to the shoulder, we know what's happened. He's missed a couple of games. One was a win, one was a loss. We've been kind of looking at this week as he's not going to play, particularly when I went out yesterday and did not throw the football well at all. But that's a different story. As you're looking at these numbers, Bull, read the most recent tweets that kind of move the meter on this. Well, we saw Jake Trotter just put up a tweet uh, from ESPN. And here's what he said. Deshaun Watson throwing again Friday got almost all. I said earlier all, but I, sorry, I missed the almost. Almost all the quarterback reps during the portion of practice open to the media. That to me, guys, sounds like he's trending towards playing. Especially because it was such a big issue when DTR didn't get any of the That's reps right. mm-hmm. before his first NFL start. You can't steal reps from P.J. Walker if you think that's the way you're going. So this, uh, Jason, are we reading this right? I mean, it seems like he's going to play. Yeah, I kind of got the sense Wednesday talking to him after he did his media that he was going to try and go because I even said, like, you got to practice. No, like, you got you to get out there and practice this week. And he basically said, it's the NFL. Like, if I have to go out there Sunday with no practice, then that's what I'll do. Now we've seen that he did go through yesterday throwing the ball a little bit harder today. And I'll go back to what I said during the YouTube show and what I've said all week. He made it clear on Wednesday, if I can control the, if I can't control the ball, I'm not good to anyone out there. But if he can control it, if he knows where it's going to go, if he can get it where it needs to go, he's going to play. And it sounds like it's training that way. We'll see how he feels tomorrow if he goes through a full practice today, see how the shoulder responds tomorrow. If he's good to go, I think he's going to be out there. Gee, man, listen, I have not flip-flopped on something like this since <laughs> I was in fifth grade looking at recess. Like, is it going to rain? Is it going to rain? I want to play kickball today. <laughs> uh, and guess what? <laughs> I've been going back and forth, but you look, he's throwing the football. And one thing that I, I look at is Deshaun Watson, there's something to be said for somebody that played the best game that they've been in that uniform. You don't want to lose that momentum. And when you get in the locker room, it was euphoria when it came to the 49ers game. You watching your teammates out there, and as a captain, as a quarterback, you want to be out there too. So, you know, I look at it, he may not be 100%, but it just goes to show you he was going to do everything he needed to do physically to get back on the field. And miraculously, it's looking like it's trending, Jay, to be playing against the Colts. It does. What's crazy about this is the last three games, we've been all over the map. And we've been all over the map in the wrong direction. We thought when he didn't play, he was going to. We thought when uh, coming into San Francisco, we weren't sure, but the general manager said he was going to play. A week earlier. A week and days before the game. So we've been all over the map on this. I, I really think, guys, as much as I do think now the wind is blowing in the direction of him playing, I still think what it comes down to is a Sunday morning throw around on the field, and if things look good and he feels good, I think he's going to be a go. Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, I, I, I don't think there's any way the Browns are going to announce today, oh, yeah, Watson's good to go. Right. And I don't think there's – like last week they ruled him out early. When right. does the official designation have to it, – it, 
It, it will be probably in the next In the next hour, hour, you'll see what he's listed. If he's listed as limited and questionable, that really tells us very little. Right. Yeah. That's like a 50-50 thing. The only but thing I that th- would tell us is if he's healthy or out. I right. would expect he's going to be questionable. Right. Which, me, which means it's, it's a total toss-up. Yeah. But right. you're right, Jay. I think we're going to see him throw Sunday morning. And if he can make, just like they did against uh, in the first game against Baltimore, and he couldn't make the throws. If he can make the throws Sunday morning, it feels like he's going to play. And if he can't make the throws, I don't think the media or the fans will be alarmed that no. P.J. Walker did not get the bulk of the, the first team reps. Because when it was DTR, we were like, well, why isn't he ready? We know what their protocol is now. They want to get a look at him, especially right before the game. And if he's not able to play, P.J. Walker. Well, P.J. got all the reps on Wednesday for whatever that's worth. Right. Because Deshaun set out practice Wednesday, so it's not like he'd be coming in cold. I'm sure he'll take some of the reps today. Yeah. Again, the media only sees the first 10 to 15 minutes of practice. Yeah. I'm sure P.J. got reps yesterday and will get reps today. And we'll find out after practice how the reps were split today in practice. But again, if you're a wind vane, I think right now you're kind of blowing in the direction We've been of blowing. him playing. We've been well, blowing. We're spinning 360. <laughs> it's been like the weeks. winds at Brown Stadium, right? You're exactly yeah. right. <laughs> trying to figure out how to kick a field goal is like trying to figure out if Deshaun's yeah. going to start or not. All right, let's talk about the Colts quarterback because Anthony Richardson came into this season, a high draft pick, a lot of uh, hope around him. He, he's been dinged. Now he's out for the season, and it's, it's Gardner Minshew, who has had – more backup uh, play in the NFL than P.J. Walker, but it's been a mixed bag for sure, mostly on the bad side. What are our thoughts coming into this game that it's Minshew over Richardson? Would this defense rather see the, the rookie? I actually think they. I would like to see Richardson over Minshew, namely because when you're a rookie quarterback, the first time you get under center and your first read isn't there, Jay, you're looking to run. You're taking off. There's sometimes you get confused by defenses and robber coverages and you may think it's zone and it's man and they disguise it and you throw an interception. He's not going to sit in the pocket and, and be, uh, you know, just really, you know, diligent and going through his progressions. But if you get a, a, a veteran kind of the same way PJ Walker is a veteran DTR is a rookie. PJ Walker didn't make all the plays in the world, but he made enough veteran plays to get his team over the hump. I think Gardner Minshew is a guy who is not the greatest player in the world. Anthony Richards has a better arm and talent, but I think Gardner Minshew is a better guy to take the snaps against this defense. I don't think it's a big difference either way, but I, if I had to say, I'd rather the Browns face Gardner Minshew. I disagree with you because Anthony Richardson has the one dimension that if the Browns have shown any weakness on defense, no, that's a good it point. was the running quarterback. That's right. right now, that might have just been a coincidence. Well, it was game. the running quarterback that could also throw well. Right, yeah. but Richardson, he's raw, but he's that type of quarterback. Right. And he's he was running the ball a lot earlier in the season, so Gardner Minshew doesn't have that as part of the game. And there's a reason he's been a backup for the last, what, five years? Yeah. Richardson has a higher ceiling to me. Minshew has a higher floor. And you don't know what you're going to get out of a rookie. The Browns could get after the quarterback. They're going to generate heat. If I'm the Browns, I actually I think I'd rather see Richardson than Minshew. I think Minshew gives the Colts a better chance to win right now. I know why they're playing or why they were playing Richardson. It's for the long-term development and get them the reps now. They're not really trying to win right now. But in terms of a single-game focus, I actually think Minshew gives them a better chance to win than Richardson. Yeah, I agree. I would much rather see the rookie in this situation, even though he does have the element that, that – has proven to be if they're if they, not that it was their kryptonite, yeah. But Lamar Jackson is really the only quarterback that's had any success at all against this defense. But he's also a veteran who's been around. He's quite a veteran. A while. He knows what to do with the football. And like you said, if his first read isn't there, he knows to go through his checkdowns before he decides to run. Mm-hmm. Where Richardson might be more apt to just tuck it and go. Speaking of the Ravens, yeah. the reason I don't want to see Minshew 
is because, and I know it's in any given Sunday league, but this quarterback with this offense went to Baltimore and beat the Ravens. Yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, I, uh, I know uh, yeah. if they played 10 times, that outcome might only happen once. But the, to what me, I can't do in that game. It, like, he wasn't great, yeah. but they did. He did more than Lamar Jackson. I, I did. just think to me, Minshew is the same as Ryan Tannehill and is the same as Kenny Pickett. He's in that vein of quarterbacks, and the Brown. Neither of those quarterbacks did anything against. I the know, Browns. but I would take those over Richardson right now too. And we lost to them too. Yeah. <laughs> no, you didn't lose to Tannehill. We lost, we lost to Pickett. <laughs> yeah, but all right. Um, you have stats for us, Mike? Just real quick, Minshew against Baltimore, 27 of 44, 247 yards, a touchdown, no turnovers. That's so. that's, 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 that's damn good that'll game. Work. Adequate. Yeah. yeah, no, that's a really that'll good work. game. So, uh, I mean, we're, look, we're going to find out. Here's here's what, what I gives me great comfort coming into this game. I know we have the Browns defense. Yeah. So, it, to me, it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback really for the matters. other team. With this defense being elite through five weeks, I feel very comfortable that they're going to be able to get this done on Sunday. X factor. I'm going to start with you because I feel like I know where you're going. Why really? is well? I mean, you did say in the open, you're you've got your. Oh, good I'm eye on saving that. No, nope, oh, that's later. Okay, that's later. So, so bull. I'll start with you. Who's your X factor Sunday? My X factor in this game is there's no doubt about it. It's Denzel Ward because you might not have Greg News. Uh, Greg Newsom that might not know. Yes, Greg yeah, Newsom. No, yeah. he didn't. I don't know why it sounded wrong in my head. Wednesday. Yeah, so he's a little banged up. Uh, the the Colts or the Browns corners are going to be on an island because the Browns are playing heavy run because that's the only thing the Colts are good at. Sure. So the corners led by their best corner Denzel Ward, and I would say the corners in general, but I'll go with their the guy is the best. Denzel is he's going to probably be dealing with Michael Pittman quite a bit, and if the Browns are playing eight in the box, then the only guy that could screw up the game on offense is Michael Pittman, and that's Denzel Ward's job to shut him down. Yeah. I'm going Jerome Ford. Wow, because, that's mine. Yeah, because he finally showed some signs of life last week in the second half against the Niners. The Browns' run game has not been good. I'm on record. I think they're going to have to do something at the trade deadline. I, I don't think Kareem Hunt's the answer, and I don't think Jerome Ford's the answer in terms of an every down back. But he did get a little bit of momentum the second half last week, and I want to see if that can translate and carry over and maybe start to put to, question, put to bed some of the questions about this Browns' running attack. I'm going to go to the defensive side of the football. I'm going to go with Sione Takitaki. Um, this game is going to come down to if you can stop uh, Zach Moss and Taylor in this run game, and Takitaki is going to be in on, on base downs. So you need to get those guys off the field. You need to be able to stop the, the run game. And then if you can capitalize offensively, then you can really get scary and get into your, your nickel packages where you're down moving Miles Garrett all around. But Taki Taki is a guy that I want to see help stop the run. And in the interest of time, everything you said. <laughs> He's my X factor. Yeah. You've got to be able to run the ball, particularly if you don't know what's going to happen at quarterback. All right, the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show is taking its first break. When we come back, Bernie Kosar on how the Browns avoid a trap game. That and much more when the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show comes right back after this quick break from PCC Air Force. And we welcome you back to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Look, if you like us on WKYC for 30 minutes on Friday, you're going to love us on YouTube every Monday through Friday, 11 to 1 live, or you can watch it on demand whenever you get the time. Just put UCSS into the search bar and you'll find the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Is Sunday a trap game against the Indianapolis Colts? The Browns are coming off a huge win 
And they're playing a team, although it's on the road, that Vegas believes they should handle. For more on that, let's throw it to Mikey McNuggets, who's standing by with Bernie Kosar. Hey, Jay, it's not every day you get to hang out with a legendary quarterback. We're joined now by Bernie Kosar. Bernie, if you were playing quarterback for the Cleveland Browns and you had an elite defense like the Browns currently do behind you, how would that change your mindset, knowing that you don't have to go out and score 50 points every game to be able to get a win? It's a beautiful question and an awesome mindset to have as a quarterback. I love our Cleveland Brown teams of the 80s. The the dog pound era teams, we had a really good defense. And when I had a good defense like that, um, I actually could take more chances with the football. And I would make sure I would take more chances with the ball. And if I made a mistake, I knew that my head, my defense had my back, and I knew it wasn't like a life and death situation to where the defense will bail you out from those type situations. I felt like that with the really good Browns defenses of the mid-80s. I love the elite defense that we're having now with Jim Schwartz, so it absolutely lets a quarterback be a little more aggressive with his, with his, play, with his play, and then if he makes a mistake, he doesn't have to get down. I don't have to get down on myself. Bernie, we saw the 49ers maybe kind of fall into a trap game situation against the Browns last week. So we look ahead to the Colts, we may be seeing a similar situation where the Colts could be a trap game on the Browns' schedule. So in the week of preparation leading up to this game, what do the Browns have to do to avoid falling into a trap? You know, when you got games like this that could be a trap game, especially when you're feeling good about yourself, the great coach Bill Parcells, uh, the great coach I had, Don Shula, never wanted you to feel comfortable within yourself. So organizationally, head coach-wise, Coach Stefanski, he's attuned to these trap games. And just stuff like yourself, Mike, talking about the trap game, the coach, players, making sure you're cognizant of that, um, your quarterback, your leaders of the team, they have to talk to your young players about that. And at this time of the year, in October, you don't, the, you are susceptible to these trap games. So that is the legendary Bernie Kozar. Bernie, thank you. Jay, back to you. All right, McNuggets, thank you very much. Always good to hear and see Bernie Kozar. We're taking a break on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. We're coming right back, though. It's one of our favorite segments. They're still wishy-washy here. No fence riding. All of us pick a side on some key issues. Ahead of Sunday's game between the Colts and the Browns. Stay with us. We're coming right back. Welcome back to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Thank you so much for spending time with us. We're doing a segment now that we do every Friday. We love it. It's called No Fence Riders. Mikey McNuggets is going to give us a topic and basically... We had to pick a side hardcore. No wishy-washy yeah. here. Mikey, what's up first? The first one, guys, is an Amari Cooper question. Will Amari Cooper have 100 or more receiving yards against the Colts? And this was a pretty even answer. Steve, let's show the good people out there how they responded. Yes, Steve, take it, please. Yes, a 4-3 split. Bull, myself, Tyvis said he will not have 100. JG, Earl, and Jason said yes. Explain. I think it's it's time. You know, I mean, he's flirted with it. Yeah. He's clearly the number one, number two, and number three receiving option on this mm-hmm. team. Nobody is even close to him in terms of statistics. If Deshaun Watson goes, I feel even more comfortable that he goes over a hundred. Yeah, I, I think it's it's a time for him to get over the hundred. And I would and, and I would expect as the season goes along that Deshaun Watson starts looking at him like, hey, all if all else fails, 
I'm, I'm gonna look over here to Amari Cooper and see what he has. He started, Even if he's covered, he yeah. force feeding him the ball a little bit, especially if he's gonna make catches like he did last week. He should have had it when he stepped out of bounds. He probably goes over 100. He should have had it. He was wide open in the middle of the field, and they just didn't see right. him. Right. So the opportunities have been there, and this is the week he puts it together. Had I know if if Watson, when we were asked these questions, I assumed Watson was not going to I, play. I, know. <laughs> I might have changed my answer, but I still think even with Watson playing. I think they'll have a conservative game plan offensively for his first game back. I think they're going to try to run the ball a lot against Indy. And I don't think Indy's going to score much, so I don't think there'll be a great need for the Browns to throw the ball around too yeah, much. Yeah, I agree with you, the point you made about the conservative game plan. Yeah. Look, he can play and still not throw the ball more than 20 yards downfield. Guys, DTR rolled in there with no reps, None. and they were throwing it all over the place. There well, yeah, but no last week they were heavy run. Last week they were heavy well, run. Well, because yeah, it was- but- now you have to consider that if, there could be an arm injury. Right. You don't want him to throw a 50 yards downfield. The DTR game they had to field. throw. They were getting crushed in the game. If yeah. Deshaun, well, they were throwing right away. If Deshaun plays, they're going to throw it. All right, Mike. Well, Deshaun was just listed literally in the last minute as questionable. So okay. as we That's learned, we, we thought yeah. we learned they nothing. Gave us yeah. nothing. Yep. Game time decision down to the minute, just like Baltimore. I'm Second sure. question: Will Jonathan Taylor account for more total yards than Elijah Moore, DPJ, and Marquise Goodwin combined? Another pretty even split. 4-3, except Earl, Jason G, and Tyvis. It's not 5-4-3, it's 5-2, I can't count. Said yes, <laughs> bull in the chicken nugget. Said no, bull. I want to change my answer, too. I want to change my answer. I think that was an easy one. I do, too. I don't know what the heck I was thinking. I don't know why he said yes. Well, I don't have faith in the all the guys that, that Mikey listed for I the don't Browns. Either. I don't either. I, I, but It's more an indictment on those Browns players <laughs> than it is Jonathan <laughs> Taylor. Yeah, yeah, right, Jonathan right. Taylor right now is their number two back at the moment. Eventually, it's yeah. going to flip because they paid him, but he is getting less touches and hasn't been as effective as Moss. But don't you think that as time goes on, he'll be integrated as the number one? 100%. And that could be Sunday. It could be, but I think the Browns are so hard to run against. I think both of those totals will be very low. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. The Browns receiver is going to get 25 yards, and Taylor gets 27. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking three guys, but look, that's that's how bad it's been for this receiver. I got the Browns group with 57 yards and Taylor with 46. Look at you being a big man. You guys are getting really specific. (laughs) We asked the question last week, McCaffrey receiving yards compared to that trio, and it turned out to be 19 to 9. So it was very close. Well, McCaffrey did get hurt, by the way. And that's why the Browns ended up winning him. McCaffrey not been hurt. McCaffrey. So that trio had 19 yards last week. Yes. Let's get to our last one. Taylor is 20. Let's get to our last one. Very simple. Against this Colts defense, will the Browns offense score 23 or more points? Earl, Jason, Bull, and Jay said yes. G, Tyvis, and myself said no. This was all done by the way before Watson was listed as questionable. This is a Watson pick. Um, if you know, you all you got to do is ask me. I I don't flip flop way over that. Yeah, they're yeah. gonna get thirty points. Thirty? Have they scored thirty all year? I don't no, think they no, scored thirty no. all year. No, no, you haven't. Twenty-seven a couple times. I had them with twenty-four without Watson this week because I, I had them. I, I have the Browns with a pick six this week. Wow! Now pick that's six. really specific. Yes. It's you know what? They're way overdue for way something overdue. like that. Yeah. I would just settle for another interception. Yeah. That's to be fr- honest with that's you. That's why and they pick them. They get specific McNuggets. Very quickly, guys, injury update. This is from Tom Withers of the AP. Harrison Bryant questionable. Kareem Hunt questionable. Greg Newsom questionable. Mm. Taki Taki, who G just mentioned, his X Factor, out. So he Yikes. will not be oh, the next I, in the game. Now he's the zero factor. He's the O factor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's certainly not going to be the X factor. No, he's not. But questionable. Usually when you're questionable, I'd say it's a little more than 50% chance that you play. Yeah. All right, Mikey, what do you got? I got to do a read real quick. Then we're going to take one last break. But if you're looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits, 
PCC Air Force is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Air Force at East Lake Manor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions. Start at $18 and up. Plus, for benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus, you can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. All right, we're coming right back. It's our favorite segment of the show. It's pre-written headlines. We tell you not just who's going to win, but how they do it. When the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show comes, right back. All right, welcome back to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. We're here every Friday, 1230 to 1 on Channel 3. We are a five-day-a-week show on YouTube plus the post-game show at the fourth, in the fourth quarter at the two-minute warning of every game. You can check us out. Time for pre-written headlines. I'm going to start. I, and I did this with the idea that it was going to be P.J. Walker, not Deshaun Watson. This would have been a lot easier if we'd have known Watson was going to play. Defense corrals the Colts. Yeah, Jim Swartz is the lead Cowboy. Just third back-to-back win in nearly three years. It's been a long time, guys, since yeah. they've done that. Yeah, it is. It's been a long time. And, and like you say, you got to stack the wins up, Jay. Yeah. Jason? Well, if you watch us on the YouTube show, you know we got a little bit of a saying. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greg Newsom, interceptions aren't really his thing. <laughs> Until now. Wow. Newsom makes interceptions his thing. <laughs> Cornerback gets first career pick. Defense breaks young Colts 21-13 road win. I like Maybe that'll there. be the pick six uh, I, like I was talking and about. And I realized I just contradicted myself because I took the Browns to score more than 23 points yep. in the <laughs> fence riders, and I just gave him 21 in the headline. Either way, I win. Well, for fence riders, you figured Deshaun Watson would play, and for yeah. your headline, you figured it would there be yeah, DJ. Yeah, we'll go, go with there. that. Yeah, we'll go, go with that. that. Greg Newsom, first career interception on Sunday. <laughs> uh, All right, Mike. Bull. Or no, no yeah, G's, sorry. G's up. G, I'm sorry. Yeah. Listen, uh, to come off my spectacular pick of the Cleveland Browns. The only one that got it right last over week. Over the 49ers. We're going to keep that thing rolling. Uh, Colts <laughs> messed around and found out. <laughs> hey, Look bro- at the graph. <laughs> Browns, uh, Browns pour a tall glass of Kool-Aid after dismantling the Colts. And we got a little, a little extra flavor in there. That's that great Kool-Aid right there ready to go. Yes. They messed around and found out. Browns rolled. That is really good. That is really, really good. Bull, what do you got? I, let's bring it up, guys. <laughs> Browns go streaking in the quad. Uh, <laughs> Cleveland wins back-to-back for the first time this season. Uh, they need this, right? You talked about they, they haven't had a lot of winning streaks. Right. Uh, you go back to 2021, they actually won three in a row in weeks two, three, and four, which yeah. is hard to believe because they haven't had a winning streak really since then. Uh, I think they won two in a row once last year. That's it. So You're right. Now's the time. Let's go streaking. Not me. You don't want to see that. <laughs> but that the Browns should. Mikey uh, McNuggets. Yeah, we're a family TV show, but yeah. I'm not sure we would be able to. How about no. my headline here? Garrett sends Gardner to the glue factory. Historic defense. Oh, wow. Pitches a shutout as Miles uh. re-enters defensive player of the year conversation. I felt old because neither Anthony nor Earl 
knew what the glue factory reference was. Really? Oh, well, you're the, younger no. than Earl, so yeah, you know, I don't know. It made me feel old. You could have said the dog food factory right, too. Right. Isn't that part of the deal? No, they're sending them to the. Just because the Earl and Anthony have been living under a rock has nothing to do with age. Well, you know what? I'm a little, I'm a little <laughs> concerned. Last week we all picked against the Browns, except yeah. for you. Yeah. Uh, so you were the only one that got it right. This week it's a clean sweep. Everybody picks the Browns, and historically, in this show's brief two-year history, when we all do that, they tend to lose. It doesn't go not, well. So not, does, it does not go well. So hopefully that's not the Real case. Real quick, this time one around. note from Kevin Stefanski speaking on the Sean Watson quote: "I want to see how it responds over the next 48 hours, yep. but he looked good. He will be a game time decision on." Sunday. Wow, very good. Wow, that's a great way to end the show. Let's go. We thank you for watching. Don't forget, tune in the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Do it on YouTube at the two-minute warning of the fourth quarter on Sunday between the Colts and the Browns. See you then. Peace. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.